you let your team and your clients run your calendar and you get burnt out so fast. Mm-hmm. And the faster you can figure out how not to do that by mm. time blocking, but just like learning how to say no. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown of Hook Agency, and I'm here with Mike Grinberg of Proofpoint Marketing. How you doing, man? Doing very well. It's great to see you. We are doing the Agency Girls Mastermind, which is agencies over a million helping other people get there. And I think that this is going to be one of the best episodes because Mike and um, Proofpoint have gotten the, themselves to the point where they have enough revenue per month to be at that million dollar mark. And, and a lot of people are gonna, are, would really appreciate knowing how to do that. And they, it's hard for them to hear anyone that's like at 5 million or 10 million or 20 million and like be able to absorb any of it because it's just so far beyond. So as you're getting to this point, which is freaking phenomenal, by the way, bro, congratulations. Thank you. Now, now I have, you, you may, it's uh now I have to deliver the best episode ever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just saying I'm cur- very curious. Like, what what are the things that allowed you to get this to this? And there are so many agencies, dude. Let me just let me just kind of outline this for you. A lot of agencies go out of business, bro. Two or three f- freaking years in, four or five years in. So I'm just saying it's. It's a, it's a real accomplishment, a real accomplishment. So first of all, we're just, we're just giving you a high, uh, what do you call that? A clap. Um, and I'm sure that the other agencies listening to this, people that are, that are in need of this information, that are stuck, that are even sometimes being um, like manhandled by consultants sometimes that are grabbing all their money. You know, there's a lot of consultants just, sucking up the money out of these little tiny agencies and that because they're all like well i think maybe i need another consultant to get to but here's the deal i've used a lot of consultants and they've been huge so it's kind of knowing what's the difference and stuff like that so anyways before i go on and on <laughs> tell us how'd you do it so I'll, I'll riff off of this the consultant uh thing that you're going about which is I, I pretty much agree with what you're saying. I think there's, there is value to consultants. I think the thing that maybe people need to consider is don't think of it like it's not a magic bullet. Yeah. Like it's not a, just because you get a consultant is, doesn't mean that's a magic bullet for you to all of a sudden skyrocket your business, right? You have to yeah. have all the other pieces in place mm. To be able to do that and take advantage of what a consultant could give you, like let's assume it's a good consultant because there there are yep. a bunch of yep. you know, leeches, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah, uh, there's a real thing. There. It's a real thing. Yeah, yep. And a lot so, of them are the ones doing these podcasts for agencies, by the way. So no offense, I'm not I'm not even trying to sell you guys anything. I'm literally just I want to share all this stuff because I wish I had it. I'm not selling anything to agencies at all. Yep. So. Let's go. Yeah, no, me, me neither for that matter. And we, uh, yeah. we, when we used to, when Gabby and I were running our Mixing Business Pleasure podcast, which you guys are, you and Bia were on, we're going to get that going at some point soon, hopefully again this year. But um, we had, uh, 
Brent Weaver from YouGurus. He's the, they do a pretty good job with like more like smaller agencies, kind of think getting them up to maybe a million. I think that's their, I think that's their goal, something like that. I mean, they they got some good stuff. Again, it's the same thing. Like it's there's no, and we didn't use them by the way. I just know like you yeah. know them and they they do pretty good work. But, yeah, um, yeah, it's not a magic bullet, right? I think you have to be, yeah. you have to have already. I feel like you have to have tried enough stuff already on your own and you have to have figured out enough things that don't work um, mm. and kind of have at least some can like you have to have a decent amount of business acumen to be able to leverage a consultant. I think that's where I'm trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Like you have to understand. What do you think? Oh, go for it. Go for it. Ask your question. What are the things that in the last couple of years, because once again, this is a <laughs> phenomenal achievement. What do you think are the things that really kind of allowed that to happen? Um, what are the couple things that kind of clicked into place that made it possible? Cause that's not, that's not nothing, bro. That's freaking insane. So interestingly enough, like COVID right in the, in, in, uh, in yeah. you know, 20, uh, 2020 sucked 2021 was better, but still not amazing. Um, and until the, until more like the second half, second half of 2021 was good. Um, but it forced us to like, as with just about everything else, right. COVID is a, was a, uh, an amplifier, right. So it either amplified all the good stuff that you had going on or it amplified all the bad stuff that you had going on. And for us, there was, mm-hmm. there, were, there were enough holes in our game, if you will, that we got very quickly amplified. Number one was our, we had no sales process and we're yeah. way, too dependent on referrals prior to, and it was great. Like mm. the business was growing, everything was good, but you know, once COVID hit, a bunch of our big clients went away because they were in industries that got hit, and we had no way to get new business. We had no mm. idea. We didn't know how to sell. Didn't know. Uh, didn't have a process. Heck, I don't think we had a CRM at that point. Um, mm. It was just. It was bad. So I like how I asked how you got to a million and you're telling me the problems from 2021 that hit because that, but those came up and then you had to address them and then the addressing them made this happen. Yep. So, you know, we got sales training, so shout out to closers media uh, and Michelin and whatnot. Um, We got sales training, you know, invested our, I mean, formally paid for it and invested in it and then just invested our time into getting better. Um, we, you know, we, we made a bunch of decisions. Like we, we had a different podcast. So Gabby and I run the agency as you, as you know, uh, we had a different podcast we're running and we're like, you know what, this is great. It's fun, but it's not actually helping our main revenue stream. So let's cut it mm-hmm. for the time being. And it sucked. Like we really enjoyed it. So we cut that yeah. out for the time being and we launched our marketing podcast, our B2B marketing podcast, which mm-hmm. it took a while, but between the amount of content that it gave us to fuel our own personal brands and the voice that it gave us and the access to people that it gave us that right mm. now is like 90% of our pipeline podcast. Oh, plus I social. love that podcast. Plus social <sighs> is like good. 90% of our pipeline. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a huge thing. So figuring out like how to, how to get in front of the right people. The other big thing is, um, and we can di- dive into each of these separately because there's yeah, I probably will ask more follow up questions, but I'm curious. Yeah, like the, the other big thing is, um, our you know, for life, but we're like, even we were 
fairly niched down in terms of who we were going after. Um, and it, like our process, and we, we had some things that we did differently in terms of content frameworks and things like that, but we, we didn't have a good story. Like we were, we sounded and we were pretty much just a me too agency out there. And mm -hmm. it, it, it finally clicked where I'm like, okay, the mission, vision, whatever, that's all great, but it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. So we <laughs> went and, and developed a, a strategic narrative, which I don't know if you follow Andy Raskin at all, but like that's some, that's pretty genius. Like the, the, the idea is forget the mission and vision and just build your narrative, which is the, the main deliverable is the sale is the sales deck. Like, Oh, that makes mm. sense. So I take mm. taking that concept and built it. And all of a sudden like sales conversations became easy because all of a sudden yeah. you're, in, in, in you're, you're no longer selling yourself. You're selling a concept. Like, Hey, mm. here's how we think we're, you know, like, and again, our concept is, you know, uh, it's uh, customer centric revenue marketing and it's, you know, marketing's job is to build relationships at scale. I say those two yeah. sentences and people are like, huh, what do you mean? Or hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Right. And all our, all our content is around some way, shape or form related to that, et cetera, et cetera. So it just mm. it allowed us to like really, really focus. So it's, which is like, it's another way to niche. I feel like, because you can niche mm. by going into a specific industry. Like you guys have, you can niche by going in a specific service type, like podcasting or whatever, or you can niche down by having a very specific story for the people that you're trying to sell to, which could be a little bit, you mm -hmm. can have. It's like, funny because, you know, yeah. Like we, we sell the med tech, just gonna manufacturing say. and professional services, but our story is very, very specific. And then what we offer yeah, so it's gonna attract. story is very specific. Totally. And I just wanted to add there that like this <clears throat> podcast, like some way shape or form always touches on niching for some reason and everyone has their own takes and i like that you're kind of positioning this into this is like um that that's going to attract certain people and kind of you know so that's a different type uh but it sounds like you do have some industries med you said med tech professional yeah i mean we, we do manufacturing yeah so we and it's yeah. all kind of it, it is pretty tight but even then like again we've been that we've been doing for three years now something like that right yeah like, i was half i was half niched for <clears throat> four years so four and a half yeah. you know like i i was like doing content a lot of content for construction yep and i was doing also content for financial services and you know some medical and like some other stuff so i like i had but i was mostly pushing on construction and then i just yeah. slowly like okay there's just too many clients now in this it just makes sense to just kind of like get all of our standard operating procedures this way but yeah so how have you seen you know like i'm here in the niche besides marketing and sales helping a niche i also think um or being helped by a niche i also see processes be helped by a niche. So how is this messaging niche vibe of what you're saying and some of the niche stuff that you've been doing been helping your processes internally besides the sales and marketing stuff? I, I think it's hundred percent true. So I think, you know, we've always, we've, we've always had a fairly defined process, but I think ever since we've yeah. developed that story, that narrative, it's forced mm -hmm. us to go back and look over all of our strategic deliverables over all of our processes and put that lens on top of it and say, okay, does this still make sense? And how can this be better? Yeah. That's part of the thing that we're going over. We're like that, that part's not done. Like that's so e each year we, uh, 
ever since last year, we kind of have a focus word. And last year, interestingly, our the word was focus. Yes, uh, last year was the year focus. This yeah. year is the year structure. So like, yeah, uh, this year like we're we're really doubling down, especially in Q1, of really putting a lot of structure into place. Mm. And that that's the um, that's both from a delivery perspective, like how do we deliver the work to um, how, you know, how is the team structured? How is the, um, how do we, how do we hire? How do we onboard all of those things? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think they're all totally interconnected, right? Because once you have a good delivery process, well, now you have to onboard people to that delivery process, which makes the onboarding a little bit easier because mm-hmm. you're not just throwing people in and saying, Hey, mm-hmm. do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you talk about the sales deck right now. I'm just gonna share a little bit of what we're doing on this. Is like I literally just have like pictures of the deliverable. <laughs> I'm just, it's all not pretty. On other words, our shit is it's just literally this is what the deliverables you're gonna get. Cause I I just want it to be very clear and I don't want them to not know what they're getting. So I, I mean, yeah. I think what you're I'm gonna go and listen to the guy that you're talking about and try to like absorb some of what he's saying because it sounds really cool. Um, mine right now is just literally like pictures of the deliverables. And actually at the beginning, I start with the problem and then the opportunity. So I do that at the beginning and then it's yep. mostly just, and then at the, the very end is a picture of our team. Cause I think sometimes dude, you and I are up against, and this is the people that might be listening to this. So, Hey, <laughs> hi, <laughs> but, uh, we're up against one or two person agencies and by showing your group. <clears throat> Yep. It does help a lot. And I think more of our marketing should be showing the people. So we're working on that now yep. to show more people on our social and all those types of things to just be like, we're a team. We're not, you know, the, the, this is not selling Tim Brown. This is, yep. this is selling the team and the team is good. And I just want to keep on hammering that. Cause I'm not, I'm not interested in being the main deliverable. You know what I mean? Yep. No, I, I feel like that's exactly Gabby and I are the same way. And we purposefully like, invested in um good photography from the get-go like we've had mm, you know it's yeah. always been our people because it's the same thing right it's you want to yeah you want to embrace them because you know comparatively you know we're still fairly small like we got seven full-time employees at this point um yeah. but that's a pretty big deal compared to like one or two percent and there's oh, yeah. so many more and it's you excuse me it's you and i three years ago or whatever you know <laughs> like Yep. Five years ago, because it, there's nothing wrong with them per se, but our competitive advantage does happen to be show of force sometimes. So that's okay. Yep. I mean, I still like, I also pitch all the smallness of our team compared to, yep. you know, 150 person agencies. So there's no, yeah. Excuse me. For sure. For sure. But weirdly that photography can be a way to show that, you know, and, and I do think once you're past a certain size and, and where you guys are, and as it goes forward, just making that part of showing who you are. And then, and then I, right now I'm putting into place the, the making another person responsible for some video, which I had for a little bit and I've moved away from, and then I come, I'm coming back a little bit and yep. having them make sure that they have one video with other, somebody else on the team, they give them time to outline it and then make a video and then put it out without me. I don't even want to look at it, dude, at this point. I mean, I just want, I would love to get to that point where I'm not so micromanaging on our marketing. I, I am, unfortunately, so I'm, I'm working on it. 
So if you see a little bit girlier touch on the copywriting on my our Instagram, it's not me. <laughs> it's not me anymore, but it's 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 a nice thing. Um, yeah, that's that's, how that's, you, that's Gabby yeah. on our side. Sorry, go ahead. You're saying how have how have you guys um, on that marketing side? Are you guys looking about how you can scale out your stuff to other people? Is it still just Gabby and and like so? What do we've got external resources. The right time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got some external resources. Nice. I mean, we have, you know, we have an external, uh, some external folks that do our post-production for the podcast. We okay. have, you know, nice. we use okay. uh, Design Pickle for a lot of our creative. Uh, well, it's looking creative. good. So good, good job on them. That's awesome. Um, I mean, and that's yeah. nice. I mean, that's nice to have. If they, they honestly, it, it works really well. If you can, like, once you have a, once you have good brand guidelines and if you can give really yep. good direction, and it's more, again, it's like more production level stuff. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we have used, like, you know, we just did our holiday campaign. We did the, uh, uh, the playing cards. We, mm-hmm. you know, we, we hired a, a really good illustrator for that. We didn't use them for it. Nice. it yeah. I could tell that was intense yeah. project. Uh, you know, yeah. and there's been other stuff like we've, you know, like with this, with the website we've hired externally, uh, for certain things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what else? were so you're saying basically don't be too proud to gather your resources around you for people that aren't i've I've been i've been the too proud guy it's it doesn't make any sense (laughs) yeah because you spend you end up spending so much of your time that could be spent doing significantly more impactful things when when is that moment that it's time to spend some money um and when is that time because you know some people want to spend money out the gate. And I'd suggest watching that a little bit because if you can't pay yourself okay, maybe watch that and try to, I say be scrappy at the beginning. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm just saying like towards the very beginning, watch spending too much. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think in general, like, you know, as a, as a um, bootstrapped startup, if you will, yeah. like self-funded and I think there's no, you know, no, no loans, no VC funding, nothing, none of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, you really have to watch your cash flow, even when you're much bigger, right? Because when you're mm-hmm. bigger, you've, you just got bigger bills to pay. So I think mm-hmm. you always have to be smart with your money anywhere you slice it. I think whether you're making a hundred K a year, whether you're making 500 K, whether you're making a million or 10 million, I would assume, you know, mm-hmm. I've been part no, of larger agencies. Not too, me. It's... No, I, I prefer to lose money every year. <laughs> Seems like so it sometimes. Like, I, my opinion on it is like you always have to look at it as a um, opportunity cost for your time. Like, what yeah. could you be doing mm. better? Like, as long as you're able to pay yourself a decent amount, like, and you know, sometimes I think it, it I, I will argue, I think sometimes it's worth taking a hit on your, on paying yourself in the short term to get to where you want to go in the medium mm-hmm. term. I'm not gonna say long term because you know you can you can't. I think in this kind of business, I don't think you can take a hit for two, three years. You can take it for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. say three to six months, right? On yeah. your personal stuff. And then to be able to get to that next phase and then actually get paid more after the fact. Um, Some people, so we're talking about going from getting to 1 million yearly revenue. So to get to that point that you guys will hit this year, this, are, this is per month you guys have over that basically. Yeah. Um, so this spot where some people don't want to jump. Some people don't want to jump because honestly, dude, when it was just me and my wife, we actually made 
almost better money in certain ways than we are. <laughs> we are currently. So some people don't want to make that jump because there's this like, there's this valley that happens a little bit on the cash flow as you're hiring and you're building out. Why yep. make that jump? Why not just sit there with the two of you and kind of outsource and that kind of thing? What is the, what is the impetus? Cause there is some kind of like valley that happens and what yep. is getting you through that as you guys move on? And I, maybe we went a little fast. So we really, we really cranked down on the profit a lot during that. And we're just starting to kind of come out of that now, but as far as um, what what has brought you through that or how is that going? I mean, our, honestly, for us, it was, we never wanted it to be the Mike and Gabby show. Like from the from yeah. day one, like before we even formally incorporated or anything, that was like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to have a team and we're going to try to get it to the point where, where it's not, you know, it's not the Mike and Gabby show. So that was always, that, that was always the goal and it still is. Um, yes, I think that's very true. You know, if I look at maybe year two compared to say year four, we probably made more in year two than year four ourselves. Year five it happens as well. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. Maybe it's year one versus year five. I, Are you counting as year four was year four COVID? Because maybe I mean maybe yeah, so there, there's a there again, stories. there's a few confounding yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think we were as bad as we thought we were in 2020. Like, I don't think our company yeah. is like fundamentally flawed in the way that 2020 made it seem like a lot of people's businesses were fundamentally flawed. Yep. You know, like it's, you almost want to watch learning too much when there's a weird outside yep. of your control hit. Like you don't need to change your entire life just because there was one insane yep. COVID year. I mean, you know, I don't know. That's my mindset. No, I, I agree with that. Again, I, I don't like we didn't we definitely didn't fundamentally change. I wouldn't even say that we yeah. quote unquote pivoted. It was just more of yeah. there were some glaring holes in the or chinks in the armor, right? And we had to yeah, fix them. exactly. So exactly. Um, no, that's a great way to look at it. You know, I think the the other thing would be is we really from a operations perspective we really uh, dove in and figured out the revenue model. Like we, I mean, every agency understands the, the kind of the basics of, okay, we need, we're, we're spending hours, we get paid X for hours, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Value-based pricing, maybe even hopefully, and for anybody listening. Um, but like, how can you simplify the revenue model so that everybody on the team gets it so that everybody knows what part they play and so that mm. you can easily manage it because it's mm. the problem i think we we had for a little while is we didn't really work on that and it was too mm -hmm. complicated our pnl was too complicated our not because of, of any reason it was just too complicated we never really did anything with it and never mm -hmm. put it in a place where we can make decisions out of it. Um, and then, you know, now it's like very simple where it's like, okay, I know we're gonna, you know, we're building out teams. It's teams of four. They're going to manage three to five clients. Those teams are responsible for X amount of revenue at X amount of profit. Like I almost don't even need to, if I have the right clients, the right number of clients, I don't even really need to, um, measure hours for profitability. The only thing I need to measure out of like, mm -hmm measure hours for is uh making sure people aren't getting burnt out <laughs> yeah and making sure you're hired yeah exactly that's it like because 
what if if the if, if that team of four is managing four clients at you know 15 to 20k a month in yeah. in retainers i know exactly what's coming in. i know what that team cost me i know what, i know what the revenue is coming in i know exactly the profit margin mm-hmm. is going to happen then the only thing i need yeah. to manage there is are we charging enough which that's the other thing like we've we've increased our rates significantly and for a very valid reason in my opinion um we have, we have two and people... like we literally had to we had to like go of like six clients recently unfortunately like and that was mm. i've always heard that and it sounds like a myth <clears throat> and we 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 basically said here's our price and in some cases it was double and so i kind of mm. knew they were going to go away yep but i had to and it was like dude if i want to keep anybody at this company i need to be able to give raises and i can't have them managing this many clients and that kind of thing so yeah we had to do it and then people clients went away but then funny enough dude like already like we have three clients clients starting and it's like it's already more than those you know what i mean like we had to do it we had to do it because otherwise this this company couldn't exist and our employees would be constantly churning in and out of here and i i basically i basically said we need to do better work more consistently and money is part of the way to get there that's it 100 percent no, that, that's pretty much exactly where we're at too. Like we're at this phase where, you know, we're working to do more for the clients we have. There's probably going to be certain ones that probably we won't be working with for in, in 23, I would guess. Um, mm-hmm. That's just, that's just how it's, how it's got to be because, you know, the, the, the very simple, like the interesting thing is I think this is where, it's easy to get stuck. If you look at each client individually, you're like, oh, well, we're profitable on this client. Like, I don't think we really didn't have any clients that we were, that we were losing money on. There were, there were some mm-hmm. that were more profitable and some that were less profitable, but we were making money on all of them. The problem happens is, well, I could have whatever four clients and make $900,000 a year or a million dollars a year, or I can have eight clients and make the same amount of money. But for eight clients, mm-hmm. I either need, I need different staff or I need more staff, which means I make less profit. Just, just to know for all the audience, remember those niches for Mike, our numbers are, <laughs> our numbers are so much higher and our probably average retainer is much lower, but there's different models, different industries yeah. and whatever's high or low for you. Cause I like to me, our average retainer is probably like four or five or something like that. And that's, that's actually pretty high for our market that we're in. Yep. Um, and it's higher than these people are used to. So we are on the high side of that high touch, et cetera. Um, yeah. So what are some of the things that allow you to say these prices um, and your new sets of clients are, are not wincing as much as maybe they were at previously what what has helped you kind of this i guess we're going into sales coaching a little bit here for people but like what has stopped them from being scared off by that higher price tag honestly the the main thing is that narrative i think if you have if you can stop because here's the the basic premise is this i have to you you can go to market in two two ways right you can say hey my name is mike grimberg i'm from proof point marketing uh can i get 15 minutes of your time to talk about whatever demand generation 
great. How, what, what do you guys do? Well, you know, we do content marketing, we do performance media, blah, 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 blah. Great. How are you different than the, all these other agencies? Well, you know, whatever that conversation going that way, most likely they're not going to pay at, the, at that conversation. If I give them a 15,000 or $20,000 a month price tag, they're going to go, are you crazy? No way. Or I can go to market with a very different message, which is, Hey, marketing is all about building relationships at scale. And the models out there are wrong. You need to, like, we think about things fundamentally differently. The mindset's different. Are you in or are you out? Like, do you believe in that? Yeah, yeah that sounds interesting. Okay, cool. I'm no longer, at this point, I'm the only game in town. Yeah. Right? And that, that's, yeah. the, that's the difference. And like, even though the, what we're doing on the back end would have been the same, but it's how you present it, right? There's, mm. the value was always there. We just never really knew how to sell it. It because we're like, like we're making challenge. our we're making yeah. our clients gobs of money like the, the ROI is there and it always was yeah. and even at these higher rates it's still there right because like if you think about it like as an example like if you do the math right we're are we like in our average I haven't done the math our average is some somewhere on the 15k a month mark and yeah. um so if you do you know if you look at that that's one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year that somebody would pay us. Plus media, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. So let's assume maybe with everything that we're doing for somebody, they're spending 250, 350 a year. Mm-hmm. We're working with like, you know, with clients whose average uh, or, you know, average contract is like $2 million, $3 million. They make one sale from what we do with them. They paid for the next four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So like, the, the, like, there's no question of, and even if you take the profit margins or whatever, fine, they make, four sales they pay for the next four years, right? It's, it's not, Yeah. the numbers work. And again, this that's, is what you're talking that's about. Why, no, they're different. Yeah. Everyone's got a different niche, right? That that doesn't make sense for what you guys are doing, but that's fine. Well, you got, you have a different, I was just going to say commercial construction. We get that vibe a little bit mm. sometimes. Um, that makes sense. Which is fun. I do, I do like that um, when we get to be part of that. Um, yep. And it is so much clearer. They're like, hey, so we got... Uh, two schools this past week yeah <laughs> we sold the construction for two schools like you hear the price where you're like damn we're not yep. changing enough so it's a good <laughs> vibe though we're, we're happy to be part of that on that side too um yep. okay i appreciate you sharing some of the secret sauce on your sales stuff i i um you can mention your sales coach too because he was part of that as well is that true yeah, so Michael Abador with Closers Media definitely helped us quite a bit. I mean, we, we've, like, the, the the storytelling and whatnot, we've definitely, that was something yeah. that we did on our own. Like, I think yeah. the where he definitely helped was just getting us to understand, I guess at this point, what I would call, like, basic sales concepts, like how yeah. to talk yeah. to people, how to do multiple touches, how to, like, you know. Yeah. Um, how to how to read the room, how to how to how to manage yeah. the room, like all this kind of yeah. stuff that, you know, like basic things like don't get off the call until you have the next meeting scheduled. That I still sometimes yeah. do. Let's go do that, people. Like <laughs> you're you're, at, you're asking to be chasing that person around for the next three weeks, getting the meeting that you could have just gotten if you spent thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like the book Challenger Sale. Have you ever heard? Have you ever read that? Mm-hmm. I've, I haven't read it, but I, I know, love, like, I, I know of the challenge. Yeah. The thing you just described reminds me a lot of challenger sale, which is if you, if you're challenging the market and mm-hmm. you implant this idea and then they get stuck 
and then they and it's different and you're kind of saying no that's the way other people have been doing it wrong and it gets stuck in their head and then they yep. they can't shake it and they're coming back to you to get to itch that mm -hmm. to scratch that itch okay so anything else you want to share with the audience once again you're talking to other agency owners some of them will fail some of them will succeed what would you like to help if you could help more of them succeed what would you say what do you think you could say to help them there's you know there's two things i was thinking about this before we jumped we jumped on um there's two other ones that come to mind one is hiring we definitely made some mistakes in hiring early on you know people churned through and whatnot that was totally like i don't blame them i blame ourselves we just we mm -hmm. did not have a good process in place um mm -hmm. we have a much better process in place now like it's i'm happy like, i'm happy to, it's actually it's listed on our site so if anybody wants to know what it is they can just go Sweet. proof point look at our website it's listed pretty in pretty detail but it, uh nice. anybody who doesn't want to waste their time like it's we do an intro interview we do a technical like uh self-guided uh uh assessment where they go through and it's like some video questions and it, we kind of test for both culture and marketing concepts some technical you know mm -hmm. it, it varies by position obviously like different questions for a content marketer versus a performance marketer etc mm -hmm. uh and then that gets followed up with like a a technical uh, like a technical interview deep dive where we pretty much talk about some of the stuff in the assessment or and then after that we do a like a team round robin where they get to meet some more folks and we make our offer so that 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 process has made we haven't made a bad hire since we implemented that mm -hmm. so i love that you said i think you said two things is there one more yeah so the other one is figure and so this one in full transparency we're still figuring out yeah, uh, I, but, I talk about things figuring it out all the time go for it uh but it's figuring out how to take care of yourself because it's like we've yeah you know we definitely got burnt out mm. and it's figuring out how to manage your calendar as a mm. agency owner because especially with like early on i mean i'm sure you can relate and probably a lot of people listening to this can relate which is like <laughs> yeah yeah when you're still doing client work it is yeah. so freaking hard and you just get mm. you just you let your you let your team and your clients run your calendar and you get burnt out so fast mm -hmm. and the faster you can figure out how not to do that by mm. time blocking but just like learning how to say no and like what i found is over the last couple of years clients don't mind if you say no like you just have to mm. think as long as the as long as the expectations are put out up front and they kind of they kind of know, hey, you know what? Mike doesn't take meetings on Fridays or whatever. Yeah. Like it's never even available. Don't ask. Or like, you know, vacate, like vacation time is the other thing. Like it's hard to take actual vacation mm. as a business owner in general, as an agency owner, probably even more so, or any service-based business probably. Yeah. Um, but like being able to actually- and Sometimes it's exciting. Like being on a vacation, I remember being in Mexico and seeing a, a deal, like I just needed to say a couple final things and the deal's coming through. And I'm like, this is the life. <laughs> and so you're excited, you're excited yep. and you're kind of like closing deals. So you got to watch that though, because it's not as exciting as the years go on. If yep. my deal is like trying to negotiate at the last second and I'm in Mexico now, I'm going to, 
I'm going to be a little annoyed. <laughs> I'm going to be tired, man. It's tiring, you know? Yeah. I mean, actually, you know what? I'd still like it, but it's just one of those things. Um, anything else that you've learned on like how to not get burnt out? Cause I certainly definitely struggle. With I mean, I, I mean, honestly, like we're, that's the part that we're still working on. Like it's, yeah. it's a day by day. I've got like, today's a good day. I took yeah. care of myself. You know, I got a workout in, I took the, took my daughter to school. I'm going to end my day yeah. after we're done here. Um, you know, got a bunch of work done in between, uh, yesterday, not so good of a day, you know, yeah. worked for, worked a bunch, didn't do anything, barely even had lunch. Right. So it, it's, it's still yeah. up and down, but I think overall, like up just and done. recognizing that you need to do it, um, yeah. Yeah. and like figuring out how to do less and like what they like mm-hmm. prioritizing both in the business and personally. So- just because I just read a book about this, because I actually I've read I I mean I'm do get burnt out because I run really hot and I go you know uh, and I like used to glorify it and now I got to watch that. Um, I just finished a book called called Effortless by Greg McEwen. He's the guy that made the book Essentialism, which is also very good. It's basically like cutting things down to the essentials, re- really recognizing what's essential, and occasionally you can go into that mode just only the essentials this week or whatever. Um, effortless. A couple of good things that came out of it. Like one of his things is just asking yourself regularly, what if this could be easy? Whatever it happens to be on. What if this could be easy? And there is a lot of stuff we really make harder than it needs to be. And that is weird. Or what if we didn't notice? Have, what if we didn't have to do it? That's the other question I actually like yeah. to ask. Like, yeah. What if we just didn't need to do this? Yeah. That's a really good one. Trimming that shit down. Everyone saw the extra stuff that we come up with for fun um, and not for fun out of necessity at one point that you don't need anymore. Um, his other stuff. Oh, I like he talks about only do in the day what you can recover from in the day. I think that's really good. That's I mean, I just swimming around in my head right now because I just read this book, but like that's good. Cause I used to do like three day yep. pushes where I'm like from 7 AM to 9 PM. And I like glorified it and all this stuff. What if it's not glorified? And I could say, what if I, if I can't recover it from within the day with my five hours at night or whatever it happens to be, maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Maybe it's irresponsible to my personal energy and my long-term mm-hmm. vision for my life to be doing that much in one day. Yep. And like maybe, yeah, I mean, there's a couple other good things in that book. So I'm just going to say it one more time. Effortless by Greg McEwen. It was very good. I wrote that I, down. I always, that's that's going to go on my list yeah. now. Long I will say list. I always promote, I always promote the book I just read. So that's my problem. <laughs> that's because I'm always just like, like I'm just finished. I'm so excited. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's been really good to have you. Is Can you give the folks listening or watching this a URL to go to and where to find you guys on social? Sure. So uh, URL is proofpoint.marketing and social, just find me on LinkedIn, Mike Grinberg. Awesome. And um, I don't know necessarily what the call to action is here at the end for uh, anything. I think for me, I just say, check out hookagency.com and hookagency all over social. If there's anything I can do to help you, I do want to be that guy that can help or like, I'm not trying to sell anything to anyone, but if I could help you with like a, a zoom here or there, um, I'm open to it. I think I just have that desire because I, I got helped 
and I keep on getting help by other agency people. Um, and I don't know why people are nice. I mean, maybe who've been, who been some good is. coaches? Like, cause you mentioned you've had some good ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm going to try to remember them. I had two. So first of all, I did the, I did do, um, the alt MBA, which kind of was like a coach a little bit. It's, uh, you know, that was, that was um, Seth, Godin's Seth thing. Godin. Yeah. 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 So that was a little bit like a coach because it's like a mastermind. Yeah. Um, Mads Singers is an SEO company coach, marketing agency coach. Um, and that was very good for culture and, and leadership stuff. Really culture. I was trying to SEO culture coach, right? That's weird. Or marketing agency culture coach. Weirdly good. Really good. Right at the time that I was when I was, you guys said, um, I think he's in like Costa Rica or something. He's like in a different part of the world, but he was good. Um, works a lot of agencies. Did he use um, anybody for like and leadership then, and HR. Cause like we're, we're at this point where we've got other people managing people and we're yeah. realizing that we, we need to get better at some training them, but to then me, also he was good. Processes yeah. in place. I think he was the good, that, that was the one that helped me with that. So okay. mad singers, I think. Like any, it is totally Mad? about that. It's about structure. Mad Mads, Mads, M A D S. And there's a lot of YouTube content, so you could go watch a couple of his YouTubes and mm-hmm. get his vibe before mm-hmm. before you like contact him. But he's got like, I mean, it's a very reasonable pricing. It's like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to throw him like maybe sure. his price has gone up or whatever. But it was like a three month thing you could do. Like I like stuff like that where I don't have to like commit to the forever. <clears throat> Um, and then Gene Hammett was before him. So for people super early, I don't know if he takes super early people anymore, but he kind of nudged me on the niche, even back when I was just starting and it did push me in that direction a lot. Um, he used to be a sales coach, you know, he used to be a sales guy at an agency. So that's his background is a little bit more on sales. So Gene Hammett, it was my other coach for sales. And so and both of them, I really appreciated for me, the Gene Hammett, the big takeaway for Gene Hammett, which he hammered on a lot was like, I was like 90% marketing and 10% sales. And all this, he was like, get that up. You know, like you just got to push it 50, 50 or whatever. Like you can't just sit in your, on your computer the rest of your life. Like get on the phone, yep. get on zoom, get like, just get in front of people, network for real. Cause you're basically, it's almost like stealing from yourself. You're being lazy and you're just acting like you can graphic design your way into revenue. You know, it's hard. Um, and so Anyways, those are my coaches. All right, I'm going to wrap this show up and we can talk after. Uh, thank you guys for listening or watching the Agency Growth Mastermind Podcast, episode 11. Who knew that we'd have 11 episodes of this? It's going slow, but I, I feel like this is a good kind of way to actually like watch us grow too. Um, check out Proofpoint on social, you know, watch what Mike's doing. He's going to be crushing it over this next couple of years. Um, we kind of network a little bit together. Get your people around, get other people in your immediate area to network with as well, because those agency owners, this is just different things. It's hard to talk about this stuff always over the internet and you're not going to learn everything over Facebook comments. And I don't know. I just think getting in person with people is useful. Um, All right. Thanks guys for watching or listening. See ya.